The Sex Ed with Tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabe, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with Tim. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I'm your host, Tim, certified sex educator, your local chaotic homosexual. And what is 72? Tell you what. It's 69 with three people watching. <laughs> so stupid. My beautiful, wonderful chlamydiates, this is not just any episode, because guess what? This is episode 99! Oh my god! <laughs> 99 episodes, three years of doing this. It's been exhausting, but I keep doing this because I love you all, even though I have never met any of you. Now, that means next episode is drumroll that was just me tapping my cheeks i know anyway next episode is 100 Ah! i cannot believe that i am reaching 100 episodes this is insane i've never imagined in my life that i would get to 100 episodes but here we are, and it's all thanks to you, my chlamydiates, my very, very special listeners. I could not have done this without you, because you keep coming back for more content, you keep coming back for more education, more comedy, and I'm happy to give that to you. You keep supporting me, even though you know what I'm giving you is total garbage, and for that, I am eternally grateful. This episode is going to be a little different than what you're normally used to because I wanted to do something special for myself and for all of you. I wanted to take a look back as to how we got here because really, this has been a wild ride. I still am kind of taking it in that there's so many things that have happened within the last, I don't know how many, three years of this show? First, I just found out that my podcast was listed as number five in Feedspot's top 10 Canadian sexuality podcast. So thank you, Feedspot. And second, I just wanted to acknowledge the fact that this show has taken me to different places and has connected me to different people from all sorts of educational backgrounds and even different parts of the world. It has connected me to educators and sex workers and therapists and porn stars, just every kind of person that I can think of. And I cannot thank them enough. All of my guests, past and present and future, You are all so wonderful. I cannot, cannot, cannot stress this enough. I am so grateful. And then finally, 
the highlight of my year is that I got nominated for a Canadian Podcast Award for Outstanding Adult Series. What? Yeah, 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 I know. I know, not to brag my own toot... What? Toot my own horn? Brag my... Whatever. You get the point. I am just so happy to be nominated. Well, that's kind of a lie. I'd be happier if I won. (laughs) But, hey, I never would have imagined myself to be nominated for a Canadian Podcast Award. That is wild to me. So, cross fingers that I actually do win by the time this comes out. But if I don't, I'm still very thankful that somebody out there noticed the hard work that I'm doing to put this kind of content out for you guys because... God knows that I am just creating garbage for you all every week, every other week, however often you listen to this. I'm just, I don't know, I'm, I'm speechless when it comes to being so thankful because I, I don't know what else to say other than thank you so much. So for the season finale of season three of Sex Ed with Tim, I wanted to take a look back at how we got here and the wild ride that this has taken me. Because we're going to do a little bit of a countdown episode, y'all. We are counting down the top 10 favorite moments as voted by my chlamydia hive. So if you hate any of these, then that's your own damn fault for not voting. But for those of you that actually voted, thank you so much for doing that. These are the top 10 moments from all three seasons of the show. And we're going to take a look back And here we go with our harp music. Get ready for some... Nostalgia! At number 10, we have the episode called You May Call Me Jiggly, my interview with RuPaul's Drag Race queen, Jiggly Caliente. A little context with this episode, I literally just slid into Jiggly's DMs, By that, I mean, I just sent an email, which I thought was hers. Turns out it was her. I forgot where I found it, but it was her. And she was gracious enough to do the interview over the phone. And, like, she was doing laundry and packing, all while talking to me on the phone. And what a lady. Like, I love her so much. She was really just so full of life and attitude and... Just the kind of bitch that I wanted on my show. So, here is Jiggly Caliente. Telling my mom I'm a trans woman made so much more sense in her head than me telling her I'm gay. (laughs) Mom, because I guess I would be like, it's a woman with a man. It made sense to her rather than a man and a man. <laughs> so I was like, I get it. My mom is very super religious. It was a, a easier pill to swallow, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't complaining because at least it was, it was an easy transition as far as in like having to tell my mother. <laughs> I would rather have a straight trans daughter than a gay cis son. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. Like, my mom was like, I would rather a tranny than a fucking buckle She was like, I can't. I was like, what? Wow. I was just like, oh. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, uh. 
The next favorite moment that y'all have chosen is my conversation with Ellie Ray from the Sugar Pussy Podcast going all the way back to season two. Now, for this episode, I remember it fondly because it was my conversation with another sugar baby and that was something I never really got the chance to have and I love the fact that she had me on her show, Sugar Pussy, for not one but two episodes because we just vibed really, really well. And I haven't heard from Ellie in quite some time, even though we like met on the internet through Instagram DMs and we sort of connected for a little while, but I haven't seen her post anything, nor have I seen any new episodes come out of Sugar Pussy, but if Ellie does end up hearing this, please, I would love to connect again. I hope wherever you are, you're doing well. At number nine, here is my conversation with Ellie Ray. Nine. That's awesome. Yeah, my experience, yeah. vacations have always been, I accompany them mm. type deal. So, You've and that's be, fine with yeah. me depending on who it is, right? Uh, so if I have a good right. enough connection with them and they're cool enough, like that's perfectly fine. And the New York, the New York trip was with somebody who was yeah. fantastic. So it was super fun. It was absolutely great. But I have had trips that aren't because there's just, that's a lot of time <laughs> to be <laughs> spending with somebody. Yeah. You have to really be on the same page. Do you find that when you're out with a sugar daddy that you kind of get those weird looks from other people that they kind of know what's going on? I had I had one time I was having dinner with a sugar daddy and the waitress referred to me as his daughter and he got he <laughs> like oh god this is a bad this is not this is not a good rest of the night right here <laughs> at number eight is my episode with hebron rodriguez who as of this recording is now dr hebron congratulations on getting your phd baby you're a pretty hard dick <laughs> And I'm so glad that y'all picked this as number eight because it was really, like, interesting, I guess, that when this episode came out, it became the most streamed episode of podcast history. (laughs) Well, I say that like I'm bragging about all of it. No, I'm just, I mean, like, of my podcast. When this came out, this was the most streamed out of all the episodes on my show. I'm not sure why. But I guess you were all just really going through it with affairs and cheating. And I feel you all. (laughs) So whatever it was that you're going through, I hope that this episode helped you. And you've got that cheating scandal resolved. Uh, Maybe not. I don't know. I also want to go on record and say it probably was not me. (laughs) Well, maybe. I don't know. 
At number eight is my conversation with the very sexy therapist, Hebron Rodriguez. Eight. Going back to this uh, question that you asked in terms of uh, people who are more prone to cheat or not, I'm going to be blatantly honest. According to available information, what I, what I feel confident asserting is cheating is very common. Um, is kind of like uh, ubiquitous in society ever since romantic relationships and marriage and whatnot became a thing for human so beings. like literally from the beginning of time from the beginning of time yeah it has been a thing and puta madre exactly yeah. and, and and in the end anyone like the, the, anyone could fall into that category and anyone could fall into these behaviors or engaging in this way uh and then crossing that boundary right even when you're in a happy relationship. And that's something that's uh, hard to swallow, like a, a difficult to swallow pill. And we know how hard things are to swallow. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something about that. So I, <laughs> that's, that's you tried to it. choose like, your words carefully. <laughs> I said it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I give you, I, I give you an easy, an easy yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, uh, uh. At number seven is my conversation with porn star extraordinaire and acrobat, circus performer, and just all-around sweetheart Manuel Sky. I will admit that this episode gave me so much anxiety, mostly because this was the first time I've ever interviewed a big-name porn star. If you don't know Manuel Sky, he is one of the biggest names in gay porn, and for good reason. He's gorgeous. The man is absolutely beautiful. I really wish that one day he would fuck the living daylights out of me, because he is gorgeous. But I'm not going to let that distract me from conducting a somewhat coherent interview because he was very shirtless and I was very aroused, so it was very hard to focus. Nonetheless, because of this conversation, it was just so enlightening and revealing and really lighthearted, so much so that Spotify Rap told me that this was the most played episode of the entire show. I'm not sure why. I guess y'all just wanted to click on a pretty man on the cover of the episode and just stared at him all day, which is like fine with me, I guess. But hey, you know, I'll take what I can get in terms of downloads. <laughs> and number seven is my conversation with the Manuel Sky. Seven. My first sexual experiences, you know, and that's way before internet, right? So I was 15 years old, and by 16, I had two very stable uh, fuck friends. One of them was in his 30s already, and I was 16. So, <laughs> and that's before internet. Are you okay to tell us a little bit about that? I'm I'm curious. You're curious. Oh, well, I, I, you know, so we met through the Madonna fan club. Um, it, it was like the grinder of the <laughs> 90s. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, they were very, very sexy, beautiful aura, both of them. Even at one point, I was like, mm, I think you guys could be a match, you know? So, like, I organized threesome. 
<laughs> at 16. And uh, they are still together today. They met. We, we had three threesome sex, and then they're still together today. There was a match. I was right. Oh, look at you bringing people together cute. with your dick. That's so cute. Look at you, yeah, Mr. Matchmaker. Yeah, I'm all about sharing. <laughs> yeah, matchmaking. Sharing. Oh, and God. the fun part is that um, so the older one would pick me up at my parents' place. My parents were all in awe with him because he had the beautiful energy. He was really sweet. Um, little, you know, he would bring me in his car in a parking lot, a parking lot, and tie me up to the bench of the car. Ooh, hello, yum. <laughs> hello. That's how I started. So I was coming back at school on a Monday morning and showed the the handcuff marks on my wrist to my best girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Oh, while the other kids are pretending, oh, I kiss. (laughs) I like this girl. I want to kiss this girl. I'm like, really? You want to kiss a girl? I'm like, look at me here. (laughs) Look at my hand marks. I've gone way beyond kissing. I've been tied up and fucked in five different ways in just the last hour. (laughs) The next on the list is my conversation with the one, the only Drew Dixon. So you can probably tell I was very nervous in this episode because not only was I interviewing another big name in gay porn, but this was the first time I've ever recorded a big name in gay porn immediately after having sex with him. So you can kind of tell in the recording that I was very off my game because I had just come, he had just come inside me, and I was like in a state, we were both floating on cloud nine, so we're kind of giddy. And yeah, I was very nervous because I didn't know how to conduct myself immediately after coming. (laughs) I mean, who does really? But Nonetheless, this was a very fun episode, and I'm glad you guys voted for this because Spotify Wrapped declared this episode as the number one episode that people turned into before becoming a fan of the show. I'm not too sure what Spotify called it. I think they were like, oh, this is the episode where new fans came to start your show. So I'm really glad that this became this sort of, oh, I don't know, this beacon of light amongst you horny faggots out there. (laughs) Because, again, whenever I post a picture of a hot shirtless guy, y'all come flocking into the DMs and asking how I ended up in that situation. I don't know either. Anyways, enjoy number six, A Room with the Drew. Six. Uh, You have been in porn for five years, Mm. which is amazing, and I have had the honor of being your partner here in this very bed in this uh, random hotel here in Toronto. And you're nothing like you are in in the videos. I'd say you're better. Oh, really? I think you're so much better like in person than when I masturbate to your videos. It is 
you know, um, porn is very much performance based. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm like, you know, five years in, I'm very aware of where the cameras are, where the lighting is, where the people are, where my angles are. Am I opening up to the camera? Can you see the penetration shots? Am I making too much noise? Am I not making enough noise? Is my squeeze, my my partner, is he making enough noise? Because if he's not making enough noise, I've then got to compensate for that. (laughs) Um, You know, someone's not pulling their weight. Oh, my God. Um, so there's a lot of things to think about. So you become very kind of, um, it is mechanical. People say, um, you know, what's it? it is, it's enjoyable. Don't get me wrong. There's a penis in my hole. Um, what's not enjoyable about that? But um, it is, there's a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, when in these environments, in four walls, when there's no cameras on, there's a lot of things that I enjoy. There's a lot of intimacy that I enjoy that doesn't go on camera because it doesn't read well and the audience don't necessarily always want to see the touching and the the, the smelling and the, the tasting and, mm. you know, the kissing and stuff and heavy breathing and the the indulgenceness of sex. That's not a word. <laughs> indulgence. Indulgence. It is now. It is now. If Drew said it, it's a word. Put it in the dictionary. <laughs> Emphasis on dick. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We'll be right back after this commercial break. Yes! What's up, all you sick fucking perverts? Don't you just love love? The Love Shop has everything you need to feel the love in the air, or in between your legs, wherever you want, really. They've got everything from vibrators, lubes, lingerie, and even full-sized sex dolls. <laughs> well, I guess love really does come in all shapes and sizes. Visit loveshop.ca slash sexedwithtim and use code sexedwithtim at checkout for 15% off the whole store. And the best part is that they ship all over Canada, US, and... What? Ireland? To all my whores in Dublin, top of the morning to ya. <laughs> That's loveshop.ca slash sexedwithtim and check out code sexedwithtim for 15% off the entire store. Now get to fucking. Do you like feeling sexy and looking sexy? Of course you do. Only my listeners are sexy as fuck. I have partnered with fetishwear designer Dale Kuda to bring you the hottest deals on custom jock straps, harnesses, hats, and more. Head over to DaleKuda.com, that's D-A-L-E-K-U-D-A.com, and use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout for 25% off the entire store. Yeah, you heard me. 25% off. And cherry on top. Free shipping on my land. I have a few of the stuff that he has made for me. And girl, I'm wearing it right now. I'm wearing like a little jock strap so that I could easily just like slip a little butt plug or dildo every now and then here and there. And I'm on the train. I'm just like, uh, 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 thank you, Dale. <laughs> That's dalecuda.com with the code SEXEDWITHTIM for 25% off your entire purchase with free shipping. With a deal like that, I swear I could come buckets, honey. The show is about to begin. Yes! The next moment that you all chose as your next favorite moment is 
dating all the way back from season one, my conversation with the legendary dominatrix herself, Lady Pym. And I love that you guys picked this because this episode was so much fun to do and we were just having a laugh and we couldn't even take each other seriously, even though what we were trying to talk about was all BDSM and consent and whatnot. And then we kind of just started goofing off and being stupid with each other and I can't remember what the LPM laughs per minute rate was, so I, it's it's just so much fun to let loose and just joke around with another fellow sex worker, fellow hot person, and just generally have a good time. Without further ado, this is number five, Lady Pin. Okay, get on your back, get into the tub, just like that. There you go. Get into position. You're a piss slut. Yes, you know the position by now. Yes, Don't fucking Miss. act stupid. Get on your back. Yes, get Miss. your fucking feet up into the air like usual. Ah. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Ah. Open wider, ah. wider. Tongue out. Ah. Let me see that tongue. Ah. Let me see that tongue. Ah. Ah. What a good piss slut. Are you thirsty? Uh-huh. Ah. Oh my God, I'm a little parched. Let me just take a quick sip of tea. Ah. 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 Uh, Are you thirsty too? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You seem thirsty. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, by the way, don't you love Frank's Red Hot? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Can you just put it on anything? Uh-huh. I find that with Frank's Red Hot. You can just put it on anything. On anything. Like, just fucking put it in my eyes for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a place this could go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like... I will. I will not like hesitate to pay for the next eye exam. Just fucking <laughs> blind yeah, me. I w- oh, God. <laughs> just blind me, just blind daddy, me, yeah. daddy. <laughs> I'm so tired of looking at another man. Just fucking blind me already. Just blind me. <laughs> oh my God, that's so. I like. Okay, that was really hot, and like, I love that. And I seriously have to like find a dog to like do that to me. Because I am so deprived. Like, that, just that little thing was like, I miss everything. I miss going to shit. I know. And, like, mm. honestly, the virtual domination thing, like, it's not ideal. Like, mm. ideally, we're in the same room. But it's a pretty good, like, thing to have on the back burner. Like, because it still is can be really hot. Like, depending on, you know, if you really like dirty talk and you like a certain tone of voice and you like to be called a certain thing, like a lot of that can be replicated in a virtual session. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it can feel very similar. Like, it's not exactly like it in real life, but it can hit a lot of those buttons. Right. And also, time. like, I yeah. feel like once we start opening up again, wearing masks and everything that kind of comes with a costume right like you want me to come in as an executioner oh in kink a mask is hot as hell oh my god yes like breath play like making you wear a wear a gas mask and like restrict your airflow just watch your lips turn blue until you're no longer breathing and then i run away with your money If I haven't given it away by now, I am literally a homicidal man. (laughs) I like money and killing men. (laughs) I like money and murder. murder. I am literally like Jack the Ripper, but for the gays. (laughs) (laughs) Jack the Popper? Jack the Popper. (laughs) Maybe, maybe we could do better, probably. Or more like a Jacques 
just to make it you know, Jacques. Yes. Just, just to make we're it Canadian. flamboyant. Mm-hmm. Jackie. Jacques. Jackie. The, Jackie. Jackie Ripper. Jackie the Ripper. Ooh, that's a drag name. Jackie Ripper. I do like Jackie Ripper. Yeah. Ooh, that's I got to come up with like a whole drag routine of just demeaning <laughs> men spraying their eyes with Frank's red hot, hot sauce. <laughs> Watch out, Canada's Drag Race. Jackie Ripper's coming to the stage. Yeah, you know how you usually like open up a ball of water and like spray the audience or whatever? You're just doing that with a ball of Frank. Like, <laughs> like, yes, bitch, blind yes, me. <laughs> Kill my taste buds, mama. God, I swear to God, like the queer community has like the best compliments because it's like, I love your axe wound, bitch. Like, yes. <laughs> nice cold sore, honey. Yeah, work. Come through, cold sore. <laughs> it's so gross and lovely at the same time. Yeah. We love an HPV positive queen. <laughs> I will fully come in with a cold sore and make out with your like money in your mouth and take it as a tip. And they're like, yes. 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 Get me sick, mama. Sickening. <laughs> Literally sickening. <laughs> Up next at number four is probably my most difficult interview that I've ever done, at least in my opinion, because I'm talking to a literal child, and I was all over the place. You can tell I was nervous because I don't really know how to interact with children. So this was kind of like a challenge for me that I presented to myself because I would like to be able to reach out to children and have these kinds of important conversations that they're having about sex because apparently the North American school system has failed them. Now, I really like that this episode was chosen by a student of mine, and uh, Russell, hello, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for choosing this episode. Shout out to you. So Russell shows this because this was a very interesting conversation between a child and an adult, and yeah, I was just very, what's the word I'm looking for? Pleasantly surprised with how well I was able to carry myself and, you know, handling such awkward conversations with kids who want to talk about adult topics. This is season three, episode 11, Kids Ask the Darndest Questions. I just want to know where you stand, or at least what you know about sex education. Because 11 years old, I feel like there there's some conversations then to be had. Uh, uh, well, uh, what, I, what I know is uh, uh, two people have intercourse and then they have a baby. Okay. That, that's they a have, good start, yeah. They, a pe- a, 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 pickle, a pickle goes in, inside of a bun at, from the front or the back. And then, 
<laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> a pickle doesn't oh. apply. Oh, oh, that was I amazing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you can say um, penis and vagina. Okay, uh, yeah. a, a penis goes inside a vagina or the ass, like, or okay. uh, or via the mouse, or okay, good. Um, that's good. Okay, but keep going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. Con- <laughs> I forgot how how semen works. What do you mean? How semen works? How cum works? Like, where does it come from, or like, how does it make a I, baby? I, does it go in the? I, I I don't know how it functions. I forgot how it functions. <laughs> so semen is uh, what the liquid is called when it comes out of the penis, but what is in the semen is the important part in making a baby and that's called sperm it's a sperm cell have you ever seen a picture of that little thing that looks like a balloon with a long tail yeah Yeah. it looks like a little tad like a white tadpole tadpole, exactly so that's the sperm cell that goes into the egg which is located within the uterus uh and then when it gets uh Sorry, when it gets fertilized, I can't speak right now. When it gets fertilized, that's the initial process of turning into a baby. Michael Jackson tadpole. (laughs) What? Michael Jackson tadpole. I I don't get that. (laughs) What's a Michael Jackson tadpole? Sperm. You said it looks. It's that one balloon with the tail. It reminded me of a tadpole, and Michael Jackson, since it was, since it's white pale. (laughs) Well, I I (laughs) I have no words. (laughs) Uh, I'm very happy that you know that. Uh, But you do know that if a penis goes inside an ass, it doesn't. There's no fertilization that happens there, right? I never knew that. Oh shit. Oh shit. Ah 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 this episode was such a fun way to let loose and just not have any structure whatsoever. And that wasn't really something that I was used to. And I was really nervous about going into this recording without having any sort of notes or whatever on me. The only notes I did have, though, were like links to articles and stuff. So I had a chance to kind of flex my comedy chops with this one. And I still remember the first time we ever made any sort of connection was through email or Instagram, and it just became one exchange after the other, and this here, you're hearing for the first time we've ever interacted, and from the recording, you can just tell that we have instant chemistry, and I'm so proud and very honored to call her my unofficial podcasting wife this is m from the sexistentialist podcast back in my season two premiere 
Fappy New Year. Three. I feel like with Dungeons and Dragons, like anything is possible. Yeah, that's true. Infinite possibilities. Like you can totally make like, I don't know, a burning man orgy dome Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. But then you are then you are like. I think mapping out an orgy though, like live live action, real life orgy. If, if you're going to role play an orgy, it's really hard not to just fuck. I feel like <laughs> I mean, maybe that's maybe that's me. <laughs> because like the dungeon master is going to have to be very descriptive about mm-hmm. what it is that you all do in this mythical orgy. And like, okay, let's role play something right now. If I were to okay, okay. say, I don't know, um, we're in somewhere in the deserts of Nevada. Mm-hmm. And there's Burning Man happening. And mm-hmm. I don't know, set the scene for us. What what would that be like as a dungeon master? Okay. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. I'm just going to get a little ready. You look up to the ceiling of your teepee. You feel colors and the vibrance of the space around you start to cover your skin. The hairs on your arms begin to raise. And then suddenly you feel the desperate urge to emerge from the teepee and Join the crowds of people dancing and roaming, naked bodies sweating as they collide. Soon, you stop feeling like an individual and become one with the rest of the Burning Man populace. I, I don't know. It, it gets raunchy from there, but that oh was my God. a little rough. No, that was great. Like, oh my God, you are a natural born storyteller. Oh, I don't know. It's, okay. It was like my heart's racing because it's like, oh, I've got to think of the next descriptive <laughs> word, but... You know. Okay, so like, say I don't know, I roll a fourteen or something. Uh, would you ask me like what I do? Because I have no idea how to play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could you could roll a fourteen, but it depends on like what you were doing. So maybe if you were if you were exiting your TP and like going towards someone, um, oh, then maybe okay. I would be like that. You know, like give me a give me a perception check, and you roll a fourteen and be like, you see that there's a man across the crowd who's making eyes at you. His and name then- is Chris Evans. His name is Chris Evans, and you recently saw a picture of his dick online. But anyway, <laughs> and then he- <laughs> yes, he's holding oh a shield and nothing else. In second place is a very special episode that I hold near and dear to my heart. And this is because the guest was a very good friend of mine. She still is. We just haven't seen each other in a while. She's the host of, or rather the co-host of the Spooky Hour podcast, my good friend Holly. And... I never knew that we would have so much podcast chemistry together, even though in real life, she and I were such good friends in college. And whenever we talk, it's just a very good time. It's almost like we can't even get a word in because it almost feels like every time we say something, the next 
sentence that we say is going to be a joke. So naturally, I wanted that kind of chemistry on the podcast, and I wanted the Halloween special to feel like a combination of comedy and horror, and it has to do something with sex. And I couldn't think of a better person to have that special with than Holly. So, at second place is my Halloween special from season one. Wow, season one. Poor Unfortunate Holes. Two. Next on our tour, we're going to go to South Africa. If you're from Africa, why are you wearing? I know, it's Sorry. crazy. <laughs> I, I, oh my god. <laughs> mean girl joke. I was going to say, I just met a lady from South Africa and she told me that they have like bars on their windows uh-huh. at their house. So like, I'm, <laughs> I know it's already going to be a crazy story. Okay, ready? get ready for this. So basically, what happened in uh, South Africa... Oh, uh, by the way, this was in February of 2015 from the Daily Mail. So obviously, very reliable. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this is what happened to a couple. Uh, Sasha, who's 34, and Saul, who's 22. They were having sex and doing the nasty and doing their own little thing until they experienced something called penis captivus it sounds exactly what you think it means what do you think it means holly okay so is it it's is it the penis that does the thing or is it not the penis that does the thing it's not the penis that does the thing okay so i'm picturing like the movie where <laughs> there's Teeth? have you seen the movie where the <laughs> It's essentially that. Penis captivus is, um, here's the thing first. With penis captivus, it does happen, but it is extremely rare. Basically, what happens is that the vaginal walls clamp down way too hard so that you can't pull out. Like ever? <laughs> or just, <laughs> it's just like a forever thing? <laughs> I would love that. Uh, but, um, um, typical, uh, muscle clamps are like a few seconds to like a couple of minutes and then the the vaginal walls will like relax this specific couple it like went on for a couple hours so long that like the guy was yelling for help that the neighbors called the <laughs> and then there was a crowd of like two thousand people gathering in their apartment <laughs> anatomy episode or something the halloween special is it <laughs> it could be i don't know i don't watch grays i'm not a faggot no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um so a little bit more to the story according to the story that spread like wildfire through the neighborhood they found that they could not separate afterwards apparently because the um what's her name sasha's like suspicious husband neil who's like 42 years old, had gone to a witch doctor who put the curse on his wife's private parts before he left for business. What? <laughs> the curse, uh, the spell known as a muthi, M-U-T-H-I, forgive me for saying that wrong, is designed to make sure that if someone other than the husband tries to have sex with the wife, he will remain stuck until the husband returns to exact his revenge. Oh my god. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, you gotta, if you have a bar of gold, you're gonna want 
a safety deposit box in the bank. <laughs> it's one hell of a safety deposit, <laughs> deposit box. box. <laughs> with state-of-the-art security crazy. technology, kind of like in the pacifier with Vin Diesel, where you got to, like, lasers and fire. <laughs> with the vaginal you wall. You fucking mission impossible no thank you tom cruise vin diesel's the one that does it for me <laughs> good for you but that movie in specific like that, that wouldn't be <laughs> oh my god so um in the article i don't really know if they ever got separated they probably are because it'd be like weird um but you know what don't go chasing vaginal clamps <laughs> As TLC once sang. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not going to lie this whole time. I'm like trying to picture what that must feel like. Because like. I mean, wow. how about you put your finger inside of your vagina right now? Clamp <laughs> right now. Tight. This is a Howard Stern show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually Joe Rogan, but for the gays. <laughs> <laughs> It's Ho Rogan. <laughs> I see a Halloween costume. I see a Halloween costume. Ho Rogan. Ho Rogan. <laughs> or like just a really bald snail and call that Slow Rogan. <laughs> oh my god. Or just like a really angry dude with a uh, big bushy hair, Afrogan. combine them all into one and become the ultimate fro rogan Rogan, the ultimate rogan the ultimate rogan and me the gay one homo rogan (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it Okay, so if you haven't caught on by now, and I really hope you have, you've probably noticed that there is moaning at the end of each transition, and you've also probably noticed that the moaning gets longer and longer and longer. Well, that's because I've been edging you. (laughs) See what I've done there? I waited until the very last minute to actually reference why I put all these moans in, and also, you know, give yourself a little treat by hearing a guy moan into your ear. Anyways, I have been waiting for the number one moment here on all of Sex Ed with Tim, and I'm so glad that you all chose this as the top moment in the show's history, because 
It is done with none other than my best friend, Anne. We were reading a whole bunch of fan mail, which reminds me, like, you guys know I have a voicemail, right? I have a voicemail where you can send me little voice notes of your questions, and I can play them on the air and answer it live on the air. I also have my email, timlagman at sexedwithtim.com, or head over to sexedwithtim.com and ask me any questions that you want, and I'll try my best to be helpful. I cannot guarantee that I'm going to be helpful. Like I've said many, many times before, I may be a certified sex educator, but that does not make me a good one. So, again, I'm so thankful that you guys chose this as the number one episode, Getting Ready to Orgasm. (laughs) This is my special episode, a bonus episode, if you will, a bone-us, where my best friend Anne and I read fan mail in this very special bonus called You've Got Mail, M-A-L-E, because, duh, why the fuck not? One. All right. So this next written question uh, is about. Oh, it's actually a little weird. Um, I don't know how to like uh, categorize this, but I'm going to read it out loud anyway, and then just let's see where we get through this. Uh, for context, I'm a cis white guy. Okay, so cis white guy. Name the first cis white guy who's problematic that comes at the top of your head. Oh, first cis white guy like, that's problematic? And that comes off your head. Top of your head right now. Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp, okay. <laughs> Did you hear that Rihanna is going to have him walk in the... Um, in the Savage Fenty. Rihanna. Like, mm, Rihanna. Rihanna, girl. Rihanna. You literally just came out with a song. Let's not, like... Mm. Um, Rihanna, what's going on? Anyway, so Johnny Depp wrote into the show... Uh, For context, I'm a cis white guy who is physically attracted to most people who identify within the male or masculine spectrum, uh, i.e. mask, femme, non-binary, comfortable, having a penis, trans mask, etc., whatever. I get cravings for stimulation from certain cultures at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god, I'm sorry, the way he phrased that. Yep, let, let me Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you repeat that for me? He says, I get cravings for stimulation from certain cultures at a time. I hope that means bacterial. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no. Uh, he says, like, I want to fuck guys of that culture. Eat the food, listen to the music, go to family or friend parties, attend religious ceremonies, etc. It's like I get a crush on a culture and crave all the things... But not as an, I am one of you, in quotes, but more as a, I crave the types of interaction or energy that is unique to that culture. Just to clarify, I am not excluding experiences of cultures or guys that I am not crushing on at the time. I love everyone and very food motivated, lol. I can't decide if it is problematic, but I'd like to think it gives me an appreciation for more than just white, cis, Midwestern life. Okay, hmm. I'm, I'm gonna, okay, this is something I've thought about a, a lot, but not, okay, hold on, let me get into it. Yeah. So I think that there's, like, this complex that white people have. I am white, however, my parents are from Eastern Europe. Yeah. I am a second generation Canadian. I am very, um, I, I speak the language that my parents speak. I was raised in the culture. 
I feel that I have a very strong identity to the Eastern European culture that my family comes from. I have gone back to the motherland many times and all of that. So I am white. However, I do consider myself to be part of this culture very, very closely. Mm-hmm. And even though I grew up in Canada, I was born in Canada. If someone asks me what I am, I'm going to say that I'm Eastern European. Mm-hmm. And I think that people who don't have that, who are third, fourth, fifth generation Canadian or American, who are just white and don't participate in the culture that their ancestors were a part of, have this complex where it's there's like an emptiness in their lives because Aww. they don't have this... I, this Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And because they have this emptiness in their lives because they don't have a real culture... Like, the joke is that white people don't have culture, but, like, <laughs> what about coleslaw or whatever? <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, coleslaw bangs. I love coleslaw. Um, coleslaw rights. Um, and coleslaw is an Eastern European, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. go to any Eastern European country and you're getting coleslaw at, like, fast food places and whatever. So, coleslaw hits. But I think, like, these people who don't have a close connection like people like me do, they don't have this kind of culture that you can participate in and that makes you feel like you belong and that you have an identity. And so what happens is they pick and choose from different cultures, which is why you have these culture vultures, Mm. specifically who are appropriating like African-American culture. Right. Specifically, right? And I think that that is all a kind of um, side effect of white supremacy. We're getting academic. We're getting academic. Mm -hmm. And why I say that is that white supremacy relies on having, uh, expanding the definition of whiteness. Mm. So there was a time in America where Irish um, and Eastern Europeans and Italians were not considered white. Yeah, they were like the bottom of the totem pole. Yes. So so like, and in no way am I comparing the discrimination that these people face to the discrimination and the absolute cultural genocide Mm. that was happening to indigenous people and to um, people of African descent in in North America. Mm. Uh, It was 100% not the same thing. However, the fact was was that white was Anglo-Saxon for a really long time. Mm. And then as, uh, like, after slavery ended in the United States... And, uh, you know, black people were able to move more freely across the United States. They became these white people, these Anglo-Saxon white people were beginning to become outnumbered. Mm. And so in order to maintain power, they had to expand the definition of whiteness. And what whiteness does is it erases everything. You, you're not Irish anymore. You're, you're not Italian. White. You're white, right? Yeah. And... In order to, to, you know, be part of this white identity, which white supremacy You need needs. to leave behind your Irish culture. Yes, and, then, culture, and, that's you, yeah. and that's how you become white, right? This is like not a fully formed thought. There are mm-hmm. people who are much more intelligent than me who mm-hmm. have expanded on this. This is not an, an original thought. Yeah. This, is, this is not an uh, academic uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is just my, I think like I can, I'm coming from the perspective of like, a white person, yeah. first and foremost, but also someone who is very 
close with their culture. Yeah. And so I see that difference of like people who experience that and people who don't. Yeah. But you have like culture, uh, whereas this person is from the Midwest. Yes. So So I, and I, I believe that probably my children or my grandchildren, um, would not would not have the same experience as me, and they would feel more white than they would feel mm-hmm. Eastern European. Right. So I think like this lack, this absence of something very specific and something connected to you that you feel through your family and through your ancestors, that's lacking in these people who live as like white people. Then you you just kind of go fucking insane, man. Mm, because it's kind of like this constant search of like, where do I belong? Where do I fit in? And and you see the like community that, that exists with people of color culture, who yeah. have culture mm. and you want to be a part of that. So it's, you almost, you're fetishizing and I think what's happening here is you're not fetishizing the, the culture. Yeah. You're fetishizing the community yeah. that comes from it because mm. you want to be a part of the community. Right? Right, yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, not, like... Cause I, to fetishize a culture, that's like, you know, you're basically separating a whole... Um, I think the fact that it's multiple, yeah. that it's not just one, it's it's the community that's appealing to yeah. this person, Yeah, right? this guy is searching for a place to belong because he's never found any sort of culture within the Midwest. And what is Midwestern culture anyway? Right? Yeah, I think I think like yes, is there a culture to to the Midwest? But it's never going to be as strong as it is with people yeah. like you know, like immigrant culture. Like yeah, Eastern we, European culture has its own thing. Filipino culture has its own yeah. thing. And then we all gather together because we all like come from the same kind of struggle, or like we have so much in common from where we descended. So we build on that. Whereas this guy. It sounds like he's just never had that. And when I imagine Midwest, I imagine farmland. Yeah. So it's like you really don't have much community I, other than the small town yeah. that you're from. Yeah. yeah. And I think like the the struggle strengthens the ties between us mm-hmm. in our communities, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think, you know, um, <clears throat> this is like kind of weird. But when, when elections happen, right? And mm-hmm. people talk about, oh, you have to secure the... Uh, like state. the the Chinese vote, you need yeah. to secure that that these people are in community with each other, and that means that they kind of coalesce together mm-hmm. and they look out for each other in this way, and so they form like you know kind of. Um, I keep saying the word community, but I think that's like Click. what it is. <laughs> yeah, and I think like you're always going to feel connection with people who have the same culture as you. Yeah. There's always going to be a level of understanding between you and someone from the same culture that you won't get with someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, we come from, I think, different, but cultures that are very similar in a lot of ways, too. From our struggle and from our... Yeah, and I think, like, Immigration we both, experiences, yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, I will never understand you 100% as a Filipino mm. person because that's not my culture, and you'll never mm. understand me 100% as an, European, yeah. as an Eastern European. So I think, like, like I said, there's something about the connection... That seems to be appealing to this person. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just... He's not just, oh, it's sexual. He wants to participate in religious... Religious ceremonies. Yeah. He wants to, like, consume the food of that culture. I I just do have a problem with what he says. Like, I want to fuck guys of that culture. Listen to the music. I was like... Yeah, I think that's... You're you're confused. And I think this is what it is. 
the intimacy that comes with being with someone in a physical yeah. relationship, you're using that as like a vehicle, a, a vehicle to be able to get into that, exactly. yeah, that like wider connection. So it's like, uh, if I have sex with this guy of this descent or something, maybe I can immerse myself into where. And he's it's from. also like you're, you're confusing intimacies, right? Mm, the intimacy yeah. that comes with. Um, with sex and with community and with yeah, yeah. right it, it, it gets confusing and, so, and it's like yeah you're you're combining mm. them both right now um, to address his question is that problematic do you think it's problematic for a cis white midwesterner to immerse himself in a culture coming from a place that he doesn't have any I'm gonna say it mm. again go to therapy <laughs> Like I think this is a this is a symptom of like a broader issue. That's I think true. you feel very disconnected from the people around yeah. you, and this is almost like a shortcut for you to get into to get that emotional connection that you so crave, right? Mm. And this is a shortcut for you to do that. And instead of building, I sw- the, the the words of the episode are intimacy and community, <laughs> but. Gentle, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I yeah. repeat myself, but no, that's fine. It's, it's just a very interesting question. Because do I think it's problematic? I think, yeah, I think it is problematic. Yeah, because he says he can't decide if it's problematic, but I'd like to think it gives me an appreciation for more than Midwestern life. Um, mm. You know, I think there's like this requires I mean, nuance. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll say this. I I was with a guy who is Canadian. Does not have uh, the most um, important fact is that he was a Pisces. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, listen a very dark time in my life. Um, anyway, let's move on from there. But but I can see that like there was always a disconnect between us because um, you had a cultural. I, I had a culture, yeah. and he had he None. didn't have that in his life. Yeah. And there was a lot of stuff that I did that he just could not understand. He just couldn't get it at all. Yeah. And I think that there's, um, there is something to trying to build an understanding of someone when you come from that perspective of like, I don't necessarily have a culture, but my partner does. So it's kind of like, am I part of this? Yeah. And like, I want to, because I care about this person. I want to understand, I mm. want to take part as, not as an individual, but as someone who is a partner to someone who is part of this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, like, there's something sweet about that, about wanting to, to be a part of that mm-hmm. in order to, um, like, have a better understanding of your partner. I think yeah. that's totally fine. But if you're doing this... Um, not out of a desire to be close with your partner or to develop yeah. a better understanding of your partner. You're doing it because there's something you're gaining from it. Um, yeah, maybe maybe get that let's checked out. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's unpack. Because that, that becomes self-serving. Rather, you don't, it, and yeah. it shows that you don't care about the people. Yeah, you care you about see, yourself more. You see the people as a means to an end for yourself, mm-hmm. for something that you desire, something yeah. you're lacking in your life. Yeah, exactly. Rather than like... Coming from a place of empathy or uh, 
a, a sincere understanding. There's there's a level of give and take <clears throat> in any t- any time you're coming and taking part in something that you're not mm-hmm. normally a part of, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You have to give and you have to take. Yeah. And it seems like you're taking without giving. Yeah. So, sorry, uh, Johnny Depp. That is verdict. Jo- Johnny, both the real Johnny Depp and this Johnny yeah. Depp. Please go to therapy. Go to therapy. Um, but also, like, I want to, I want to express some, um, like, sympathy and empathy for someone who I think is struggling with something that we have in our lives that yeah. a lot of people don't. Which <laughs> should we check our cultural privilege? No. I'm just gonna- <laughs> say that like <clears throat> my life is better because i have this culture yeah because i have because of, yes yes my my life is better for it yeah. it's hard sometimes especially you know being a child of immigrants yeah not not easy not a fun time no but i know that i'm a better person for it yeah it gives you tough skin yeah and clear skin Oh, that's true. You're glowing. Always, all the time. But yeah, I I think like would I want to be culturalists? No. No, what I would I uh, like I very much I think it's and it's especially easy for um for white people who come from like a same situation. It's so easy for me to assimilate into Canadian culture. That's you true. know what I mean? Yeah. Um and that's a privilege, one hundred percent. That is one hundred percent a privilege. Um, but I think that I don't want to completely assimilate into Canadian culture. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. want I want to have that connection. It's right, special right. to me. Mm, it's beautiful. Yeah. Why are we being so helpful towards these men? Like I said, I can't help it. <laughs> I'm a mommy. What We're supposed to be haters, but you know what? I think that was very helpful. I mean, and I hope this writer, you know, gets. Yeah, like I said, what Johnny Depp, get yeah. get into therapy. Get help, get help. So fucking proud of you, baby. Fuck, that felt so fucking good. so fucking good for me baby girl you make me so fucking proud of you ah fuck ah shit did you get there yeah did you come more than once awesome oh my god and you guys are gonna keep coming more than once because next season we are starting off big with the big one zero zero jesus christ you guys next season premiere is going to be my 100th episode i have been doing this over a hundred times this is insane i don't know 
how much longer I can do this, but I love doing this so much. So I hope to keep generating content for you guys. I hope to keep running the podcast for as long as I could because I feel like there's still so much work to do that revolves around sex and there is still so much that we need to talk about to help normalize these kinds of conversations, to help talk about how uncomfortable we are and how to make it just, you know, through the fucking day, I guess. There's so much about our bodies, about our pleasure, and about our kinks and fetishes, our likes, dislikes, and desires that need to be on the air. And there's still so much discussion to be had and still so much topics to cover. I feel like I've only covered the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) Just a tip. And there is a lot to do. So season four is well underway. I've already started recording. I actually have so many episodes on the back burner. And from what I can tell, the next season is going to be a hell of a fun ride. I've got some pretty fun games lined up. I got a new segment in the season called Home or Homo. I have got, ooh, let me see here. I've got a sex worker, a straight male sex worker. I've got Drew coming back. Oh my god, he's like an STI. He just won't leave me alone. And I've got an episode all about weed and sex. I've also got an author. Actually, a bunch of authors are coming to talk about their books. So that's uh, Sex and with Tim first, right? No, no, no. Actually, that's a lie. <laughs> I've had an author before. But I've had never had this many authors come onto the show to talk about their books. So... Yeah, season four is going to be quite the fun ride, and I'm so glad that you guys are going to be joining me on that ride. Please do not forget that this helps so much. It really helps the show gain traction, puts the show on the charts. Please do not forget to give me a five-star rating and a review if you're on Apple, and share it with your friends. Like, You guys listen to this show because this is entertaining, right? This is fun. We're all here to have fun. And I try to make it as fun and as funny and hilarious as possible because I want you guys to have just a good time and to really have that belly laugh because laughter is such an underrated medicine that you can get for free. You don't need a prescription for it. And I'm here to write all of the scripts for you. I'm really, really hoping that you guys stay with me for season four because it is jam-packed with a lot of fun stuff and a lot more education and a lot more entertainment. Because like I said, entertainment is always the number one priority and everything else comes with that. See, I can't even talk right now. I think I'm getting a little emotional and it's also like almost 2 a.m. when I'm recording this because I can't sleep from all the excitement. Anyways, again... Thank you so much for the wonderful four years, I guess, 2020, 2021, 2020. Yeah, that is four years. Four years of podcasting. Thank you so much for a wonderful, oh man, like workshops and guest appearances and panel speaking and just, you know, your unwavering support. That's what I'm most thankful for. Whether you're a new listener or an old listener, or you've just said hi to me on the street, or even like hired me to do a little bit of a workshop for you. 
for all of those that have been involved with me and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really thankful for uh, just just how wonderful you've all been. This is something I really like to do, and I, I I can't see myself doing anything else. And this gives me a lot of joy, and I just love spreading the word about good, healthy, thorough sex education. Even though I'm so unserious about a lot of things, being unserious and being funny really does give me a lot of joy because it brings you a lot of joy and I hope to keep doing it and I've said this so many times right now but I can't say it enough thank you from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for your support and your love and just your views your downloads your clicks anything that you can show your own form of love and gratitude. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Sex and With Him podcast. Because guess what? Next episode is episode 100. So I will see you in the new year. Have a great holiday. We're going to be celebrating like we always do with some cake, a little bit of champagne, and a little bit of fuckery. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Sex of a Tim podcast. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe because you are supporting gay content, queer content, sex education content. And if you don't, you're a raging, vehement, violent homophobe. I do not make the rules. See you all at the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Sex Ed with Tim is created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is Aces High by Kevin McLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GaySlutClown and at Sex Ed with Tim. You can also like and follow me on the Sex Ed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Mwah!